0: Good morning, Arizona. Happy Sunday. Beautiful morning here in Sunny Slope, and I knew it was going to happen. Now we're showing up after sunrise. Yes, we can see the sun shining on the hills, and who knows, in a few weeks it'll be high up overhead. Anyway, spring's on its way. It's beautiful out there, and I'll, I'll make my prediction now. We're not going to have another frost. Wouldn't have done it a week ago, but you know, now we're home free. So all that pruning and all those kind of things, we we're waiting for the frost to uh, to be gone before I, th- I think are safe to move on. It looks like with the 70 degree weather all the citrus is going to start to bloom and my grandparents moved here a long time ago back in 1929 uh you know, and they moved here in March. When you move here in March, you come to spring training. You know, how could you not fall in love with the place and stay? Anyway, there's a lot of us here now, and it's certainly changed a lot over the years. But it's a beautiful place to be, and we certainly enjoy sharing it with all of our all of our visitors, guests, and all of our residents. We have a lot of fun here together. We have a beautiful native culture that's been here for thousands of years, uh, combined with lots of people arriving every day and uh, working together as a team. We'll we'll thrive here. Anyway, we've got three open lines. a number to call. Call 602-277-5827. This is a list participation program. That means that you can lead the direction of the show. If you've got ideas, suggestions, questions, if you want to talk about the tropics, the desert, or maybe just growing vegetables, we can do all those things. Uh, we're in a great citrus region, and uh, we grow some of the, uh, well, probably the majority of the roses for the United States are grown right here in Arizona because of our dry, hot summers, believe it or not. But anyway... Beautiful morning out there. We do have a couple callers already on, so we'll get to the phones kind of early. If you've got once more a question, suggestion, an idea, all you have to do is give Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. And it's Shira, Troy, and Brian. We're all here every Sunday morning from seven to nine with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Uh, Stephen Gilbert, good morning. Good morning. Hello, Stephen.
1: Yes. Um, I have a medium-sized barrel cactus, which has died. I think I had the uh, cactus rot. It's located between two larger cactus. Um, It doesn't touch them. But how do I remove that dead cactus and make sure I don't getting contamination on the other two
0: well i guess the real answer steve is carefully uh, you know most right. of our barrels here are fish <laughs> up barrels and and they like to grab you i mean if you let, unless you're growing crappie fishing today and got a little drill to drill a, a hole in the end of the spine you probably want to be very careful but you know they're pretty easy because usually when they're when they're dead like that they've dehydrated and they're going to break loose and free from the ground quite easily um Perhaps the easiest thing might be something like a hoe where you could reach over the plant and kind of roll it away from the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, what would be ideal if you had one would be a pitchfork. So you could pitchfork right. it up and just toss it. But you could do the same same thing with a square shovel. And, okay. uh, you know, you could even push it out of the ground with a square shovel too. But it should break off quite easily. You know, once they're dead, uh, they really don't have anything to grab to the soil much. And even a big rooted swore, I mean a rooted barrel, you know, the root system, though it's extensive out in the ground, will sever pretty easily okay all right well thank you sir have a happy happy Sunday thanks for being our first caller this morning okay great bye thank Steve you. uh d out in Whitman. good morning d
2: good morning um I have two questions last summer our lemon tree is about 10 12 13 years old the heart or the um, the whole top of it and some of the branches blew down mm-hmm they did not break.
1: Okay,
0: they're
2: still green. They were still producing lemons. Now I need to deal with it now.
0: Absolutely, so, and it's the perfect day yeah. to deal with it. Do you could you couldn't <laughs> call with a more timely question? So this is the perfect well, time to prune citrus. And
2: so do you, I. Even though they're not broken. Do I take
0: them off? Absolutely. Cut the tree back to where it's got strong limbs. All those big broken ones, if you can, sever them back before where the cracks and and breaks are, okay? Uh Thin the rest of it out, okay? And, And kind of balance its shape and form. So if you're taking the tree right. down, even 30 to 50%, it's not going to hurt the tree at all. In fact, it'll be great for it, and your lemons will be easier to harvest in the future. So prune it back oh, okay. to a nice round form. You're going to give up uh-huh. some crop this year, but it's only a one-year thing. Right. And the tree will come back and balance. And the nice part about lemons, other than other citrus, is the lemons, you know, will start blooming here in the next week or so. But after you prune them, they're going to put out new growth and that new growth Uh can flower again in April and May so lemons can bloom more than once Mm -hmm. once a year. You know, unlike other citrus like a navel orange or a grapefruit, which only bloom one time, Mm -hmm. lemons continue to bloom. Mm -hmm. So if you'll prune it all back right away, the sooner you prune it, the more nice new, happy growth you're going to get. And it will actually set some fruit on some of that new growth still.
2: Oh, okay. Um, The other question I have, thank you. The other question I have is... My bushes got some frost on them, and the leaves are brown and whatever. They haven't they haven't really tr- fallen. Now they're only let's see, I only got them a year ago, so they're not very old. But do I prune them or do I just let them try to regrow?
0: Well, typically, D, if the if the uh foliage is burnt, okay, and it's adhering to the plant, that means uh-huh. the wood or the stems underneath that are dead as well, okay? So oh, if, okay. It's, if it's got a burnt portion on there and the leaves are sticking to the plant, you can probably safely uh-huh. go ahead and prune that off right now. If you want to wait, you know, another week or so, it's going to bud out down below on the healthy wood, and that'll tell you for uh-huh. sure where the wood's dead. But if you want to get out and prune now, there's no reason why you shouldn't, and prune away everything where the leaves are sticking or adhering to the stems. That portion should be dead Uh below that any place where the leaves fell off those stems will be alive oh
2: okay but i do prune it i don't just leave it
0: well no if you just leave it you're going to have dead sticks inside your plants as it grows out this spring so it would certainly be better to prune it
2: oh okay okay very good thank you so much brian
0: thank you bye-bye oh let's see next okay I, i i usually could what's the name here tia Tasia. Oh, what a, what a fun name. Hey, Tasia, good morning.
3: Hi, good morning.
0: I wanted to get the pronunciation right.
3: You got it right. You got it right. Well,
0: that's because Southwest I had a little help from Shira.
3: Yes. In the Southwest, everyone wants to make the J silent or the H sound. Well, you
0: know, well, we speak so much Spanish out here that, you know, I, I wanted to make right. sure. Thank
3: you. Thank you. I, I do not have a green thumb, but I am trying my best to add some greenery around my pool area. Mm -hmm. Very simple pool area. Um, There's a wall around the pool, and I was thinking maybe even a lattice, and then adding something, but nothing too invasive because I noticed my neighbors have a, a vine... That grows around the front of their house, and they cut it back, and it's back like Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors, and <laughs> a couple of months to see it like. And I was like, "Ooh, I don't think that's it." But and I know that you can, you should not plant trees or something like that around um, pools because they can go closer to the, you know, the uh, in the ground towards the pool. But I'm going to add some type of greenery up the walls. What type of greenery would you suggest that's going to withstand extreme heat, of course, and then flourish still and still be kind of soft. Tasha, beautiful. Tasia,
0: what, what kind of uh, exposure and how much room between your pool and the wall?
3: Um, I would say maybe about Let's go
0: with about 10 feet. Okay, so you have quite a bit of space in there. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of different ways to do things, but, you know, realistically, if you want kind of a tropical-looking pool, you know, palms work very well around pools. And you could use palms that are small, like pygmy date palms, or you could use ones that look like coconuts, like a mule palm. And with 10 feet, you have plenty of room to grow those. You know, and you, mm-hmm. you can do those and, um, you know, come up with a really lush green look. And, and the palms here, once they're established, you know, pretty, you can take ones like a Mexican blue palm, which has a silvery blue foliage on it, that will be very, very hardy here in our heat. And like a Mexican blue, is very low water. And if you want okay. bright color, it might be easier to plant plants like hibiscus, which have big tropical flowers. And the nice part okay. about hibiscus is when the flower matures, it falls straight to the ground. It doesn't blow around like a bougainvillea would. And uh, right. so it's pretty little litter free. I mean, oftentimes with pool landscapes, one of our biggest concerns is the amount of litter that goes into the pool as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Depending on exposure, if you have a wall that faces south or faces east, you could use a plant called Tangerine Crossvine. And it has a little trumpet flower about two and a half inches long. Um, And it's a dark green vine that would not cling to the wall by itself, but if you put up a trellis or something to support it, it would do quite well. Um, So there's really quite a lot of options. And with 10 feet, I think you're going to want to put a couple different layers in there. Right. And
3: most of these that you're naming are really low maintenance?
0: Well, they're low maintenance, and they're also very low litter. You know, another plant that we use a Mm -hmm. lot around pools is called Boxwood Beauty natal plum. And it's a dark green shrub that uh, it's kind of just lush, tropical looking, but it's truly a desert shrub. You know, thrives here in you know gravel areas. It can be 150, and will uh, do very well. But what I might suggest to you is, if you just take, if you know, with a new pool, you probably got a pool plan from the pool builder, and uh, mm-hmm. if you take that into the nursery, and, and they can tell tell you where all the different exposures are, and they can okay. show you a lot of different options, and then you can see what kind of style you want to go in. You know, here in the subtropics, we have a lot of different styles that we can do, and uh, you might have a patio back by the pool or an area where you want shade. And if you can move further away from the pool, you know, a tree like a red push pistachio can give you shade for a patio and yet not create a lot of litter for your pool. So there, there are a lot of options. So you just kind of have to, you know, figure it out for, you know, what kind of style you want. But the easiest way to start is just bring a copy of your pool plan into the nursery. And uh, over okay. in Gilbert, you know, you can see Jennifer or Gabriel or Luke. We've got a great staff out there. And they'll be happy to show okay. you all the different options. And then you decide what you enjoy. You know, you might be out there by the pool and wanting to drink some uh, margaritas sometime. You know, so there you could actually plant yeah. a lemon tree and a spallier along the wall and even like mm-hmm. a little Meyer lemon. And uh, mm-hmm. you could trell. Was that instead of putting in a vine, it'll be dark green. It'll have beautiful blooms this time of year. Nice fragrance to it, and you get the lemons. Yeah, yeah,
3: And did you you said uh, during and Gilbert Jennifer gave Yeah,
0: yeah, that one's, one's over that at the corner, of the corner of the Stapley, which is the same as Cooper and Guadalupe. So oh, it's, yes, I
3: know we've about.
0: been there for a long time. Yeah, by the little railroad tracks. Since okay. uh, when we moved to Gilbert Asia, they only had eight thousand people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were now alfalfa mm-hmm. field.
4: <laughs>
3: yes, <laughs> perfect. All right, thank you so much. Thank That's, you. Have have you have
0: go. a wonderful weekend. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, we're gonna. But well, we're out. First off, we're out of uh, calls, So. Perfect time to call. We're going to take a short break. We have the lovely Shira back here on the phones and music. All you have to do is give her a call. Number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, or if you've got a suggestion, something fun, you're different, or you're doing it at home, we would love to hear from you. We'll be right back after a short break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
5: There's an elephant's eye. like it's climbing clear up to the sky well I say oh what a beautiful moment yeah. yes what a wonderful day y'all look out there Got a beautiful feeling. Everything going my way. Y'all come on now. Oh, the cattle are standing like statues. Cattle are standing like statues. They don't turn their heads as they see me right by. But a little brown maverick is winking her eyes. She said, oh, what a beautiful morning. Well, what a wonderful day. I hope y'all have known, I've got a beautiful Hey and everything going my way
0: Beautiful morning it is, folks. If you haven't been out yet, if you haven't seen that sunrise, uh, open the windows. It's really gorgeous. We're here live from Sunny Slope, Arizona with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. And uh, beautiful morning indeed it is. We do have some more lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Um, you know, early in the program, we've got lots of availability. It gets to the end of the show. It's kind of hard to get in. So give Shira a call. She's back here smiling on the phones and with the. Music. blaine and gilbert good morning
3: good morning brian thank you for taking my call a couple questions please i have irrigation and i have a tangible old tree that's about five or six feet tall and it's gotten i think too much water because it sits in a low area of the yard between the irrigation and the rain and the leaves are pretty yellow anything i could or should do
0: well, Mother Nature Father Nature, however you want to look at it, it's going to help you out now because it's warming up. You know, that's a good thing. Um, you know, you're kind of probably correct, especially in Gilbert with heavy soil, too much water this winter. It's something we usually don't have to deal with, but it's kind of a reality. So number one, I would just go check and make sure that it, uh, it's not bleeding any sap. Now, if it just turned yellow kind of over the winter, it's probably not having a problem with Phytophora. The fungus usually don't show up much in the wintertime. So that shouldn't be a major... Concern, but if you see it bleeding sap, you'd want to treat it with some moderate disease control and perhaps a little bit of copper sulfate. Um, aside from that, though, have you fertilized yet this year, Blaine? Yes, sir. Okay, so you know what? I would just stand back and let Mother Nature in the heat do its thing, and I think what will happen is that as it warms up over the next few weeks, that fertilizer grow in the ground, and the sun will shine, and it'll put out new growth. And when the tree gets active and happy and growing, um, you know, it'll be fine. Do you maintain your tree only with flood irrigation, right? No extra water? Correct. Okay, perfect. That's 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 how I would do it. And, uh, you know, it's just in Gilbert with our clay soil and as much rain as we had, which we usually don't count, but this year has been fantastic. Um, you probably didn't need the first irrigation.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: oh, thank you. My other question is, I have some cherry tomato plants about five or six feet tall and producing great, but they... Uh, well frozen and so they're pretty black at the top and down on the sides. Are they worthless now? Well,
0: if it killed the tops of them, probably so. Blaine, what I would do is just kind of the same thing as with that tree, though. I'd leave them for a week or two and see what happens. You know, this weather's warming up. But if the top of a tomato dies, it's usually the party's over, and it's time to plant new ones. But, you know, this is a really good time to plant new ones. And, you know, especially ones like Pearson's and the giant cherries and early girls. You know, all those would make a nice crop again.
3: Is the uh, champion? Is that an indeterminate
0: plant? Yes, champions. It's 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 much like you know the other two I just mentioned. Pearson's the one that'll last the longest into the summer. It'll take the most huh. heat. Um, but okay. champions, you know, an Ace, those have all been good tomatoes here for years. <laughs>
3: Love your
0: show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for being part of it. Have a nice weekend. Happy right. Sunday. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, let's see. Next, we got Thomas in Peoria. But after Thomas, it's still open, folks. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning. How are you doing? Excellent, sir. Good.
3: Um, so i just have a couple questions we moved into a new house and it was pretty barren in the backyard and we've been transplanting a lot of desert plants to try and
1: keep the water down and uh, i wanted to do some roses out front but our walkway there's only about two feet two to three feet there is that enough room to put in next to the sidewalk and the house there for roses
0: well um, what direction is it facing thomas it's on
1: the north side of the house, too, so it doesn't get a ton of sun. You know, that's
0: that's probably not the best place for roses. Um, okay. I mean, if you really have to have some, you can grow them there. They'll bloom for you pretty well, um, you know, like you know, April, May, and then they'll bloom pretty well in the fall. But they're not going to bloom at all really in the normal spring and, and winter season when roses really thrive here. And so it's probably okay. just not enough light.
1: Okay, so the south facing better for that. South,
0: south facing for roses is the best. East facing is pretty good too. Okay.
1: okay. And, and then uh, we also had a question.
3: We put in a uh, lemon tree last year, and it, it's been growing okay, but it hasn't really grown. I mean, it, the leaves are still
1: going, but it hasn't grown in size at all. How long do you think that will
0: Well, lemon tree should grow pretty fast in size. What what size did you plant, Thomas?
1: Um, it's probably about four feet tall right okay. now. L- was it like a
0: fifteen gallon size or? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that you know, a fifteen gallon lemon tree should grow um, two to three feet, you know, a year, pretty easily. Okay. So what you want to do is make sure you give it every possible advantage, uh, watering. Where do you live in Peoria? by cross streets? Uh, it's like Seventy
3: Fifth Avenue in Peoria.
0: Okay. So you've got pretty good soil right in there. So what you want to do is you want to water it in the summertime once a week. You know, right now about once every 10 days to two weeks. Okay. And fertilize it. And if you want to grow its best, fertilize it monthly. You don't have to go that, you know, season with the holidays and all that stuff. Fertilize it once a month, a light dose of a good balanced citrus fertilizer. Look for one that's got some, all the miners in it, like zinc, magnesium, but especially iron and sulfur. And, uh, that's going to help it a lot. But moderation's kind of the key, you know, weekly watering in the summertime, make sure the trunk is protected from the sun so it's wrapped from the ground to where the branches start so the sun doesn't cook the trunk you know, and let it, whatever growth it puts out, just kind of let it go when it gets real long shoots coming out the top, once they're two or three feet past the top of the tree, it might just prune the very tip of them, and it should grow into a pretty nice tree, you know, it's been in long enough now that I would expect for it to double in size this summer Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thomas. Bye-bye. Mary in Phoenix, good morning, Mary.
2: Good morning. It is a beautiful one. I want to know when should I prune back my roses and how hard should I prune them?
0: Mary, do you have hybrid teas or floribundas or climbers? What kind of roses Uh, are you growing?
2: Uh, the white white ice roses. Oh, icebergs? Abundance. Okay.
0: So yeah. ice- icebergs, if they've gotten bigger than you want them to be, those are a floor abundance. So you can trim them more than once a year and kind of hedge them a little bit. But if they've gotten a lot bigger than you want them, now is the perfect time to do major pruning on them. You can reduce them oh, yes. back as much as 50% or more if you like to. And you're not going oh, to wow. hurt them by pruning them back even more severely than that. So it's a great okay. time to clean them up, thin them out, prune them back, and fertilize them. And And, you know, this weather that we're going to have is going to be wonderful for them to come back out and bloom. And even if you prune it back where there's almost no foliage, you should have new foliage and blooms in about five to six weeks.
2: Oh, great. Oh, thank you. Yes, they've gotten too spindly. So we really need
1: uh a...
0: Little corrections, not you know, it's fine. And there, you know, the icebergs are such a wonderful plant for here. I mean, they're they're almost as hardy as an oleander. For all for rose purposes, they're very hardy and uh, easy to grow, and uh, should respond quite well to your pruning.
2: Okay, thank you so much. Love this so
0: Well, thanks for being part of it, Mary. Have a nice Sunday. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, we're, we're back with wide-open phones in spring. I mean, there's a lot of things to do this time of year. And if you haven't pruned your deciduous trees and uh, and maybe they're starting to bud a little bit on some of your, your stone fruits, and even if they're in bloom, it's still a better time to prune them right now than to wait. You know, anything that's... Uh, you know, going to grow out and come back fast. Ashes, elms, pistachios, you know, desert trees. Uh, you can prune this time of year if you want to. Mesquites and palaverdes, You can prune them later. It's not going to make much difference. But especially for hardy evergreens, things like live oak trees, and if you want to prune a pine tree, perhaps uh, now is the perfect time to do them. But the one thing that we'll be pruning the most over the next couple of weeks, or as soon as we can get all the fruit off, are going to be our citrus. Now, when we grow citrus commercially, we reduce their size every year so that we get a harvest that's, number one, more protected from the wind and wind scarring so we have better quality fruit. So if you go to one of our our partners like the guys over at Safeway Albertsons or if you go to any of the batches stores or Whole Foods or Sprouts, you know, you can see a lot of our Arizona-grown citrus there this time of year. And to grow fruit that doesn't have scarring on it, we try to cut the trees back because when the fruit's out in the end and it rubs against the branches in the wind, and we know we have some wind here, it scars it up more. And we also keep the trees down in size so they're easier to harvest. So if you're going to prune citrus, now is the perfect time. couple pointers pruning it. Never prune the branches up so high as that the sun hits the wood in the trunk. If for some reason you have to paint and protect the trunk, but it's better not to. And you can reduce the top as much as you like this time of year. Looks like Troy Barrett slipped into the newsroom, so we're going to go to the news with Troy. And while we're gone, we do have wide open phones. You can give Shira a call at 602-277- 5827. It's sure. Troy and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR. Christopher
4: Robin, and I walked along under branches lit up by the moon. Posing our questions to our Dior as our days disappear. Much further today than I should, and I can't seem to find.
0: song and several lines available. So all you have to do is give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR, we could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it. If you're doing something fun, different at home, now, spring's a great time to start. It's the time to start the new gardens. It's the time to uh, maybe change, transition some of our landscapes. So if you got an idea or suggestion for us, all you have to do is give us a call. This is a listener participation program. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277 K-T-A-R. Margie in East Mesa, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Margie. Um, I have
2: um, a yard that has a lot of, well, it's covered with uh, r- little rocks, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of weeds coming up because it's been either too windy, too wet, or too cold or something. <laughs> and um,
0: Or maybe like it's been just right for weeds, Margie. <laughs> Pardon me? I said, or maybe it's been just perfect for weeds. <laughs> yes,
2: it is. It has been. Um, I'd like to put some pre-emergence on, and um, as well as the weed killer. When is the best time to do the
0: pre-emergence? Well, today would be the best, Margie. The thing about it is, is we're a little late with pre-emergence, and... Um but if the weeds are real tiny, or if they if they just germinated, and uh, it can really stunt them and stop them, you know, once they get much over an inch or two, pre-emergence isn't very effective. Uh, but you can combine that, and you can spray a pre-emergent with a contact herbicide like like glyphosate or Roundup, and they will be mixing instructions on a lot of the different ones, so you can actually use the two together. I would be a little okay. careful of what you purchase. Okay, so you want to have a true pre-emergent, and you want to use that with a contact killer. There our products out there, like Ortho Ground Clear and different things, that we've had really bad results around the valley with residual problems in the soil. So if you're planning putting that down and it goes around trees and things, it can really wreak havoc and cause problems for you. So I, I would stick with things that are you know pretty known, like if you use Preen, for example, or if you use Roundup, or you know anything that's a glyphosate base. Those are pretty safe because they're only going to kill what you spray it on, and. Uh, so you just have to be mindful when you're applying it. But those are safe, and there's certainly applications that you can use a combination.
2: Okay. Um, You said Roundup?
0: Roundup is, yeah, is glyphosate. And you'll find it, you know, under different brand names, too, the same active ingredient. I did
2: look uh, for Roundup, and they said this one would kill the existing weeds as well as be uh, a pre-emergent.
0: Okay. And it's a Roundup product that has a pre-emergent? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure what they're using for a pre-emergent in that. Um, and, run, I, 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 you know, unfortunately, I haven't done the research on it. But uh, oh, you just want to be. Do you what, want me to look for some phosphates? Well, no, I mean, glyphosate is going to be the active ingredient. That's what's in Roundup, okay? And that's in a lot of other oh. things, too. But there's different styles of pre-emergent. So what I would be leery of is anything that says it's going to last for a certain period of time. Okay, if you, if you buy a product that says, okay, this ortho ground clear, for example, is going to last for a year so that's yeah. got that's got something more in it than a pre-emergent okay that's got another oh, chemical okay. process in it that's, that's different than a pre-emergent so if you have a true pre-emergent and a contact herbicide that works fantastic but you got to make sure your pre-emergent is only a pre-emergent and doesn't go into the soil and last for a longer period of time how a pre-emergent works is it creates a, a basically like if you laid a piece of cellophane over the top of the ground and it yeah. stops all the weed seeds that are on the surface now If you take a shovel and go dig a hole in it, the weeds will come right back up, okay? So if you break the bond with a pre-emergent, you know, if you turn the soil over, then the weeds are going to come up, which is okay because we're not hurting the soil. But these chemicals that penetrate the soil and go down in and last for periods of time, those can be very detrimental to plants that are planted and have, you know, unintended consequences. Okay. Okay.
2: Well, I thank you very much.
0: Thank you. And uh, have a beautiful day, Margie. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we are here in a sunny, sunny slope, and uh, we do have wide-open phones. Uh, so give us a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We are here in spring, and I, I almost guarantee if you're here in the Valley, we're not going to have a freeze again, which is something we couldn't do the last few weeks, the way the weather patterns have been. But, you know, we're getting late enough now, and we're past the last typical frost date. Not the, you know, not the record last frost date, but we usually don't see many freezes in March. So if you've got plants to prune and work on, and fertilize, you know, it's a perfect time to fertilize things. If you have plants that are kind of a little bit and just haven't been as happy for the winter, with the warmer days now, temperature's up in the 70s and soon to be in the 80s, everything's going to wake up and start to grow. So now's the time to feed just about everything. You know, if you have a ryegrass lawn that's a little bit yellow and you want to green it up, this would be the last time to give it a shot of fertilizer. We're going to work on something that wants to get green quick. We could use something like a 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer, which will work very well. Well, you know, when we're going to build up lawns, if you have a lawn, for example, where you have bermuda grass and you don't have the overseeded rye, what you might want to do is do something that's going to last for a longer time, you know, and there you could use like an, uh, oh uh kind of a slower release fertilizer something uh, like wonder wonder green which is one we used to have but uh, malargonite would be a good choice which can last up to 4 or 5 months uh take our next caller kelly and goodyear we still have a couple lines available number to call 602-277-5827 good morning kelly
2: Good morning. Thank you so much. I am a new listener and really appreciate um, all the information. Uh, my question is: um, I have a backyard that is full of rock, and I have been trying to move some things around to see what I could plant. But I was hoping you can give me some suggestions on what things would be good to plant that would thrive in, uh, you know, moved rock type of soil.
0: Well, there's a lot, Kelly. Um, there's a lot of plants now. Are you up in the mountains over in Goodyear? Where are you located?
2: No, I'm actually right border with Litchfield Park, so okay. not not a whole lot of uh, you know good ground.
0: <laughs> well, it actually, it's pretty good ground if you're in the border. Of Lecho, you know? Okay, well, it's, it's what we call sandy loam here in the desert. It's just kind of desert soil, and our desert soil pretty much lacks nutrients, so it doesn't have any nitrogen mm-hmm. or anything things things to grow. But we can certainly add those and grow plants very well. You know, in that type of soil, and it really is going to be number one starting and picking kind of a palette or something you want to do. So whether if you okay. want a tropical look or if you want more of a desert look or if you want shade, you know, and kind of cool some areas down. You know, all those things can happen really well. You know, we, we use rock here in the ground because it keeps the dust down. And uh, we call it gravel mulch. And the thing is, we used to use bark mulch okay. more. But, you know, even, even the gravel actually does a nice job of keeping the weeds down a little bit and uh, and also kind of protecting the soil from erosion and blowing away. But you could, you know, there all there's a whole plethora of desert plants. I mean, there's things like... Aer- Arizona yellow bells, and if you want bright color, you can do, you know, firecracker plants, which are bright. You can do all kinds of lantanas with blooming color. You could come in and do more tropicals like hibiscus. If you okay. want to grow food in there, it's a great place to plant citrus here in Arizona, so you can grow all kinds of citrus. Oh, good. And just you know, matter of really taking a look and, and tasting them. You know, if you go to our local okay. stores right now, there's quite a bit of local citrus in the stores, and you can taste what they are. One of my favorites are the Tangelos, which we grow, and that's like a, a big fruit that's kind of a like a sweet and t- a tart at the same time. Has a wonderful flavor, easy to peel, almost no seeds. And it's something that really thrives in our desert. You know, lemons, all those do really well too. So there's a whole lot Great. of options. What you might want to do is just uh, map out your yard or, you know, it's so easy now because you can go to like the Maricopa County website and just print out a map of your yard from an aerial photograph. And if you'd want to bring something like that in the nursery, we could show you all the different directions and the areas and how everything. Works together, and um, it, you know it's, it's just awfully easy to do, and really kind of the sky's the limit. We're in this nice subtropical climate where you can pick your style. I mean, if you really want to emulate the you know the Sonoran Desert, we have beautiful plants here like acatillos and saguaros and mesquites and Palo verdes okay. that are native to this area and nowhere else. Or if you want to grow food and if you want to you know clear some rock out, put it you know easy is probably a raised garden and grow some vegetables. You can do that. So you have a lot of options here. Right.
2: Oh, good. Well, I will definitely look into it. I appreciate it. Loving your show. Thank you so much. Thanks
0: for being part of it, Kelly. Bye-bye. Gordon in North Mesa. Good morning, Gordon.
1: Yeah, good morning. Another question on uh, tomatoes. I've got uh, quite a few cherry tomato plants, and they've been in uh, for a long time because I started them from seed. And... They've been blooming for a week or two, or maybe even more, but don't seem to be setting on. I'm just wondering, is it the cold weather or just a lack of sunshine?
0: No, it's, well, you know, the days are getting longer now, so they're, they're going to set better because they're going to get more sunlight. But it's also been the weather. You know, Gordon, we've just been cool and abnormally cool for some time. But uh, that's soon to end, and I think that you'll find over the next week or so you'll get pollination and you'll have a lot more tomatoes
1: again. Okay, we're looking forward to it. Got, got lots of them. Well,
0: hey, well there, <laughs> and there's nothing easier, you know, when you're going to plant a garden or something for kids. You know, planting cherry tomatoes or giant cherries, one of the most fun things there is to do. Have a nice weekend.
1: Yep. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Walt in Cave Creek. Good morning, Walt. Good morning, Brian. When's a good time to uh, trim our Barbara Car Spogun and our Torch Spogun Villas?
0: Uh, today.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Now, <laughs> okay. on the torch glow boganvias, what you want to do is you want to, you know, keep in mind what you want the plant to grow into. You know, torch glows, okay. I love the way when they grow naturally up like an ocotillo. You know, and sometimes okay. they'll freeze out in the ends and things, and so we'll have to do some corrective pruning to, to, you know, keep that form. So... You just really have to decide how, what you want the plant to look like. Um, you know they do get quite large too, so that's just a decision you'll have to make. But there's not a better time than the day to prune them. I don't think there's any chance of any kind of a hard freeze again, and uh, they're going to come out soon. And if you have some burnt wood on them, now you could tell if the wood itself is burnt if the um, buds aren't aren't popping or the leaves are clinging. But uh, now would be the perfect time to prune them. Very good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Well. Bye-bye. We have to take a short break. We'll be right back in just a minute with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. The number to call during the break, 602 It's Brian Shearer and Troy Barrett here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR.
4: Just one look. And I feel so
0: local princess and uh we lost my little cousin and uh i gotta say my my brother-in-law frank or my not my brother-in-law my cousin frank thomas you know just one look when he married tt back when she was 20 years old and, and uh for those of you who knew my cousin teresa de julio or teresa Milanowicz she was a a wonderful wonderful gal Anyway, I want to take a minute and invite you out to the, uh, the nursery at Whitfield's. We grow trees, all kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallons to 72-inch box. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you like palm trees, we grow thousands. Big date palms, California fans, Mexican fans. We have beautiful blue palms, Bismarckias. We have sables, sagos, robolinis, and more. All sizes. If you need one for your yard or a thousand for a development, don't be shy. Just give us a call. If you're looking for citrus, we grow it right here in the valley. You can come in and taste the fruit right off the trees. We have beautiful 15-gallon trees already fruiting, 6 to 7 feet tall. We can deliver and plant and guarantee, or you can take them home and plant them yourself. Shade trees like ashes, elms, and pistachios. Beautiful fruitless olives like Swan Hills. Whatever your dreams might be, come out and see us at Woodfields. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. And once again, our original store at 824 East Glendale. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in the valley for Arizona's future. Get right back to the phones. And next up, we have Phil and Levine.
5: Good morning. Hi, Phil. Couple of questions. First of all, if I'm spraying Roundup on my weeds, is it best to do it first thing in the morning, midday, or late in the afternoon, or does it matter?
0: Well, I'd say this time of day, you know, in this time of year when it's kind of nice outside about 9 or 10 o'clock, that's when I'd go. It's a little cool in the morning. It's not going to matter at all uh, to the, the weeds. Um, you know, it's going to work very much the same way, and it's not going to uh, really affect anything. It's plenty warm and plenty dry enough for the Roundup to, you know, fix to the plants. Just be careful not to, you know, spray in the wind
5: okay second thing is i've got some miami gardenias that i got and planted a little over a year ago they're about 18 inches out from a south facing block wall and they are just existing i cannot make them do anything other than exist they haven't bloomed or grown since i put them in i've watered them a lot i've cut back on the water i've fertilized them Other than cutting back on the water, nothing seems to affect them, but cutting back on the water really makes them mad.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing is they probably now, if they've been in that long in Levine, where you have fairly heavy soil, would want to be watered weekly, okay? Okay. Probably no more, no less. Uh, Fertilizing now is great. The weather's been cool. They haven't had a chance to wake up this spring. That's changing today. You know, this 70 to 80 degree weather, they're going to wake right up. And I would expect you would have blooms on them within three weeks.
5: I didn't get anything all last summer, and like I said, they didn't grow. And watering them once a week doesn't work; they start wilting and dying back. So I have to water them. Is your ground rocky
0: where you're at, Phil?
5: Not real. Um, where, Where are you located in Levine? Um, Fifty First Avenue in Dobbins.
0: Okay, so you are. You're, you're, yeah, your soil is lighter up there, up the hill. So yeah, yeah you, you you can water them if you want to. Once a week would be fine for the winter. They don't want to stay wet in the winter, but you can water them twice a week in the heat of the summer. But as they get rooted out and establish more, um, they're going to do better. Um, you can actually pick up a fertilizer called Osmocote. And okay. Os- Osmocote's a slow release. It's uh, encapsulated and it'll release over a period of time. But I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, now's the perfect season for in time for a new year and time for things to change and a new season with spring coming. I, I would feed them today, you know, and the Osmocote will last two to three months on them. Feed them today. I would probably be watering them right now once a week. But as the heat comes on, once it gets up over 80, you can water twice a week. And, uh, I, I think you'll find they'll really change. Okay, I'll give that a
1: shot. Thank you. Good luck, Phil. Bye-bye. Les in Phoenix. Good morning, Les. Good morning. Uh, I have a mature, like, 45-year-old Jacaranda. Is it possible to just, I mean, it's ugly now, and and the blooms are always way on the top. Mm -hmm. So can I cut that down and then wait for a, a couple of really good sprouts coming back up and start a new tree?
0: Absolutely. You know, Les, we had jacarandas that we planted in our farm in Stanfield about 20 years ago now. And in about their fifth year, I was growing big specimens in the ground. It got down to uh, 15 degrees and it burned those jacarandas oh. back to about two feet tall. And so they all came back up, multiple trunk, and they were the most beautiful crop of jacarandas that we ever grew. So now is kind of a good time. It's maybe even a little better when it's hotter. But uh, if you'd oh, wait really? probably uh, the, the end of March and just butcher the tree, cut it back as short as you yeah, like. Uh, how large okay. in diameter is the trunk?
1: Oh, God. Uh, it's it's big. Okay. It's got two trunks that are sort of can. Connected at the bottom, but it's it's a big tree.
0: And it sounds like I mean, you're. It sounds, it sounds like you're brave too. Uh, well, well, I mean that's impre- less. That's the impression I'm getting.
1: Uh, brave, did brave, yeah. Brave? Are, 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 uh, hey,
0: yes. hey, Les, are you married? Oh yes. Okay. Does your wife yeah, think? I... Your, does your wife thinks so that you're a little bit nuts or possibly insane? <laughs>
1: Well she complains that the, the blooms you don't see them until you see the petals on the ground. okay because All right. now it only blooms at top. Okay so. tell her you, tell her you
0: talk to this nut on the radio okay? Yeah and what we're gonna do is we're gonna come back and cut that tree down to about eight feet.
1: Oh okay. to eight feet.
0: Yeah. Just okay. take the whole time because if you want to start it back low or you can even cut it shorter you can cut it you know down to four feet. Okay, and when you're cutting those big trunks, okay, get some tree hill, the black tar type. Okay. Yeah. And, and seal them up. Now, we're not going to cut them straight across. We want to cut them at an angle so that when, when, when oh, the buds look. come out, we can kind of reshape the trunk. So someday in about 20 years, you won't see the butchering job we did. And uh, yeah. so cut them at an angle. Okay. If you got two trunks there, cut them both off at an angle about the same height. Four feet would be great. Get some black tree heel and seal up those cuts. Okay. Seal up the whole big end of it and just sit back and yep. wait. Now, I would do this uh, probably the end of uh, March. So in about three weeks. And uh, butcher the whole tree, you know. So we're going to forget about that tree for this year. And it's going to wake up about the first part of April. And it's going to put off shoots and grow back about 12 or 15 feet this year. And as it does, what you want to do is you want to take that angle part of the cut and pick out one of those buds that came out there and curve that one up, you know, one direction and and take the other trunk and curve one up there and then split the other ones and pick out maybe another four or five main buds and let those grow up together. And uh, you'll come back with this, you know, wide kind of shaped tree that uh, will not have any blooms this year, guaranteed. But uh, next spring, it'll make a beautiful tree, come back into bloom. You know, and you can maintain it then with pruning over time and keep it about 20, 25 feet so you can see the blooms.
1: That's what I've thats what i learned uh, is you got to remember to top certain trees. So well, they, you, you they don't, don't have play. to,
0: and this is brutal, and, and I'm sure some arborists are listening to us going, what are they doing? But you know what? Sometimes we're a little crazy, and sometimes it works for us.
1: Oh, absolutely. I have a couple more questions. If, if Well,
0: I, you know what? i got 10 seconds. i got to take a break. I'm going to put you on hold. And we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we have a line open. You can call Shira at 602-277-5827.